man, this week has flown by. It's already Thursday. You still have time to invite someone to come to church with you. You still have time to pray for God to give you opportunities to invite. Please pray. Please invite. Sunday is coming. You be excited about that. Get here early. Sit down front and bring a friend with you. Today we are in Mark chapter 9, and there are several stories in this chapter we could discuss for a long, a long time. What I want to do is share with you a few quick thoughts and then a devotional thought. First, some quick thoughts. One is there's an example in this chapter that that uh, that we don't, it just makes the point, we do not cease to exist when we die. There is life after this life. We don't cease to exist when we die. In the story of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain when he took Peter, James, and John uh, with him, you'll remember there in verse 4, Elijah, the Old Testament prophet, and Moses appeared and they had a conversation with Jesus and the three disciples saw them. Jesus, on another occasion, uh, said, that, said that God is the, the God of the living and not the dead because those who are dead are alive. Jesus, in the conversation with Mary and Martha, when their brother Lazarus was dead, though you die, you shall live. I mean, God is the God, God, is the God of the living. Death is not the end. There's life after life. There's life after death. Death is not the cessation of your existence. Let's uh, just take away number two. Um, God blesses those who bless his people. God blesses those who bless his followers. In verses 38 and following in chapter 9, um, we read, uh, John uh, said to him, uh, Teacher, we saw someone, this is John the disciple, said to Jesus, we saw one casting out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him. He was He's not part of us, so we tried to stop him. Verse 39, Jesus said, do not hinder him for there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be, and be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Verse 40, for he who is not against us is for us. And then he continues in verses 41 and 42. Here's where I want you to focus. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because of your name as followers of Christ. So anybody who gives you water to drink, anyone who blesses you and helps you because you know Jesus, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. God is going to bless those who bless you as the child of God. Verse 42, whoever causes one of these little ones to, who, who believed to stumble, it would be better for, for him with a heavy millstone hung around his neck and, and he'd be cast into the sea. Now here Jesus is not talking about little kids. He's talking about spiritual children, his followers. So those who hurt God's people will suffer for that. Those who help and bless God's people will be rewarded for that. It's just a principle in life. Be encouraged, and uh, and 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 that has an impact on a nation. A nation that blesses the people of God will be blessed, and a nation that does not bless the people of God, that actually punishes the people of God, will be judged. America needs to take note of that. And then a third uh, note, just real quickly, is that Jesus talked about hell. 
In fact, Jesus said more about hell than any other person in the Bible. Did you hear that? Jesus said more about hell than he did heaven. Did you hear that? The people who don't want to believe in hell need to talk to Jesus because he's the one who taught about it a lot. And you have him mentioning hell three times in this chapter, verses 43, 45, and 47. Verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better to enter into life crippled than having your two hands and go into hell. An unquenchable fire. Verse 45, if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame than having your two feet to be cast into hell. And verse 47, um, uh, if, if your eye causes you to stumble, throw it out. It's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell. And then in verse 48, it's eternal where the worm does not die. You don't cease to be. Your memories don't cease. And the fire, the suffering, the pain is never quenched. It is eternal. There may be many people who don't like the idea of hell. The only problem is it's real. And their not liking it does not do away with the reality that it exists. And Jesus said it does. Now, my devotional thought after all of that. The disciples in here, um, while Jesus and the other three disciples are on the mountain of transfiguration with Moses and Elijah, have a man come to them at the foot of the mountain with a little boy who was possessed by a demon that made him mute, unable to speak, and would often throw him into convulsions. And this dad wanted his son healed, but the other nine disciples had been unable to heal the, little, the, the man's little boy. And Jesus comes down, and after a conversation, he heals the boy. He casts the demon out. But there's an interesting exchange between Jesus and the daddy. Starting at verse 21, Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Has this demon made him mute and, and, and have seizures or convulsions, if you will? And he, the father, said from childhood, since he was a little boy. Verse 22, the father described it. It's often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Notice Jesus' response in 23. Jesus said to him, to the, to the Father, if you can, in my translation in English, the U is a capital Y referring to deity. In other words, if you can, Jesus is referring back to verse 22 when the Father said to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus, if you can do anything, would you take, if you can, if you can do anything, take pity and help us. And Jesus comes back at, at, at the day. If you can, I mean, you're not certain I can't. If you can, and then Jesus says, if you have, you know, faith, then, then yeah, great things are. And, and he says, I believe and help my unbelief. But that if you can, and here's, here's a, a takeaway for me that spoke to my heart. 
There is a difference between knowing God's will, in other words, knowing whether or not God will do something, what is his plan, there's a difference in not knowing God's will and not believing he can. See, I don't always know God's will. When I pray for people who are sick, I don't always know, is it God's will for them to be well? I don't always know, and I acknowledge that in my prayer. There's a difference in that, though, and doubting whether or not God can. See, sometimes we make the mistake of making those things the same thing, and so we don't know how to pray. Never doubt that God can. Just be honest and say, God, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know if you will. I want you to, and I'm asking you to, but never doubt that God can. I don't always know his will, but I need to always know and believe that he can. Why? Because he can. I hope that makes sense to you. I'll see you tomorrow as we wrap up this week and look at chapter 10.